Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Okay, good morning. My name is Barbara. I'm a compulsive eater. And um, I wasn't given a particular topic to speak on. So I'm going to tell my story, what I used to be like, what happened and what I'm like now. Um, My story, my OA story falls into three sections. Um, When I first came into OA was a very long time ago, somewhere around 40 years. And um, I had been struggling with weight and eating pretty much all my life. And um, I was pretty desperate at that point. I had tried fasting periodically and lost weight and gained it back and couldn't do it anymore and was wandering the streets trying to figure out what I could eat that satisfy my cravings that didn't, you know, it was, it was not good. Um, so I was uh, 12 stepped uh, into the program and um, handed a handed a food plant and told what to do. And I tried to do it. I went to three meetings a week. If I was having trouble with my food, I went to a meeting every day until it got better. Um, I used the phone a lot. The tools were all very helpful, but the meetings and the phone calls and the literature were and the sponsorship were really important. Um, I found that um, I was on the phone a lot. And at first I would phone somebody in program after I'd taken that first compulsive bite. And gradually I learned to phone before I took the first compulsive bite. I remember desperate times when I'd come home from work and I knew that if I ate my dinner, I would probably never stop. So I would get on the phone first and talk to people until that feeling passed. But that was uh, really important. I got sponsors um, who you know, worked with me on um, some of the tools of the program and started me working through the steps. And um, I did what little service I could at that point. Um, the, the literature taught me what the steps are. At that time, um, we use AA literature because we didn't have much OA literature. And um, so I read the book, big book. And at first I was resistant to it because it was about alcoholics and it was about men and I wasn't either of those things. Um, But I came to really love the big book because it really told my story. Um, And then the, the AA 12 and 12 and I went to a step study meeting. I learned that I was powerless over food, that if I tried to fight the cravings, I would lose. So I had to find another way. I had to learn to let go. I had to learn to just turn my attention to something else and not not try to white knuckle the food. And I came to believe in a higher power and in the program because it worked. Little by little, it worked in my life. Um, And I did the fourth step. Now, a lot of times people say, well, don't do the fourth step until you're abstinent. But I had a lot of things going on in my life and in my mind and emotions that 
I needed to do the fourth step. I couldn't get abstinent until I did the fourth step. I had resentment. Resentment. I was unhappy in my marriage. I was depressed and unproductive in my work. I was angry with my children. My finances were out of control and I felt I was not living. Finally, I learned to look at my life in a different way. And I felt I wasn't living authentically. So major changes with the help of the fourth and fifth steps, major changes to my life. Um, and I had long stretches of abstinence and, and I lost, um, you know, like maybe 70 pounds, something like that. Fast forward about 10 years and I had a horrible relapse. Um, the, the path that I was on that I thought was God's will for me um, didn't work out. I was felt stuck. Um, I, I was miserable in my job and um, I got depressed and I couldn't stop eating. Where I was working, they gave us free sugar stuff on Fridays and I would have one and that wouldn't be enough. So I would go back again, have a couple more and feel embarrassed. So I would put them under my soup coat and eat them in the ladies room, but that wouldn't be enough. So at break time, I would go out uh, to the supermarket and buy huge quantities uh, and eat it all and still feel unsatisfied. And I would, five, five minutes. So um, I would swear off, no sugar. And I would have withdrawals, you know, like I was on heroin or something because I'm a bit sick and have headaches. And, and then after about five days, I'd start to feel better. And I would start the whole process all over again. So that went on. I had stopped going to meetings for a while. I went back to meetings. I thought, oh, when I'm back in meetings, I'll get struck abstinent, but I didn't. Um, and I had to learn some humility because I wasn't successful. I put on all the weight plus another 50 pounds or so and um, wasn't abstinent, but there was no place else to go. And there was no natural limit to how much or how long I could go on eating or how much weight I could put on. So this program was the only solution. I, I, it, was, it was not about success or failure, it was about life or death. So I hung around and I gradually got the willingness to give up the sugar. You know, all during the program, I'd always been looking at um, what insights did people have that made them be struck abstinent? So they had this long-term abstinence and I couldn't find it. And what I learned was it's, it's keep coming back. One of the principles of the program is of the steps is persistence. So I kept coming back and I, I managed to put down the sugar. I made that the focus of my life. I knew I could not follow the food plan that I had followed before. It just seemed impossible. But I had to do what, find what I was willing to do. So I gave up the sugar and that restored a little sanity to my life. And then gradually over the next few months, I was able to give up other binge foods. And in the meantime, I had to, I had to look at my spiritual life. You know, I thought I was doing my higher power's will for me and I lost faith in my higher power because it wasn't working out. So I had to, you know, I had to ask for help. 
from uh, for professional help. And then I had to really look at my my relationship with my higher power. And I needed a faith that worked under all conditions. The faith that I had hadn't worked under all conditions. It worked when things were going well. And then, and then you know, so what I started with was the principles of the program because I, I had lost that, that emotional connection to God or a higher power or whatever. But I knew if I, if I followed the principles of the program that would give me a guidance in my life and how to live my life. So some of the ones that were most important to me were one, faith and courage. I, I hadn't had courage. I hadn't, you know, I tried, had tried to live by the serenity prayer, accept the things I cannot change and courage to change the things I can. And I, I didn't have the serenity to accept what I couldn't change. And I didn't have the courage to change it. So I was kind of, I was uh, kind of stuck there because of my lack of faith and courage and um, willingness and humility, which I've mentioned and perseverance. And I started as things, as I progressed, I got a little hope that things could be better. I learned that no matter how depressed I was, eating wasn't gonna make it better. And I remembered how horrible it was to be binging out of control. And I didn't ever wanna go there again. So I knew that if I took that first compulsive bite of sugar or, or whatever my binge foods were that, um, I knew where it led and I didn't want to go there. So that helped me be upset. As far as the, the spiritual part of the pro, the spiritual part, it's all spiritual. <laughs> it's all spiritual. Putting down the food is a spiritual thing. But for, the, for that, um, the steps, I picked up the steps where I left off. Of course, I took steps one, two, and three again. And then you know, I did step nine. I took, a, I, I uh, made amends for some of the things that I had done uh, during my relapse or prior to my relapse and um, I made amends for them. And that was a very powerful experience for me. I made amends to my brother, for example. And um, thank you. And um, a, a financial amends uh, because I had, borrowed so much money from him and never, never returned it. And he'd always helped me when I was desperate. So I made amends to him. I made amends uh, to a group uh, where I had um, misused some of their funds. I made amends to my employers for some of the uh, dishonest things that I had done. And um, it, it cleared away a lot of the, of the, the, the guilt and and shame and despair that I had felt. And I felt more connected with my fellows, both in and out of the program and in my family. So that was, that was a big part of it. And the other thing is I made a commitment to a spiritual tradition that I had just dabbled in before. And I made a commitment for a regular daily practice so that I had a dual, a, I had a dual spiritual tradition. I had the 12 steps and I also had this, this other 
um, outside program that it's recommended that we do that um, in the program. So I lost weight. I regained sanity in my life. And I lost weight very slowly. Um, like nine pounds a year is, is was my average until I lost about 60 pounds and then leveled off. But in the meantime, my life was getting manageable um, because I, I was depending on higher power instead of, instead of my unaided will. I was depending on powers greater than myself. I've long, I, I started to believe, you know, that there wasn't one higher power. There were many powers that were greater than me. The program was greater than me. The steps were greater than me. The spiritual tradition I followed that had existed for thousands of years was greater than, than myself. Um, and there was always, so there was always somewhere to turn and something that would help me. Um, the 11th step was was started to be more and more important to me to pray for only for knowledge of god's will for me and the power to carry it out it can be a very powerful has been a very powerful thing in my life sometimes i'll be lost in negativity or just unaware of things and it will open doors for me so that was you know started that relapse and recovery was 30 years ago and i've been abstinent now um in perfectly at first and um, cleaner as, as I went along. And um, I'm very, very grateful for that. I'm very grateful. And my life today, my program today, I've um, recently gotten a, a sponsor after going many years without one. And um, I've learned about myself that I don't, I don't do well with, with authority figures. Um, so I asked somebody, uh, to be a co-sponsor with me. And we're um, equally sponsoring each other with an emphasis on step 11. And I'm doing more um, service, starting to do uh, service uh, above the group level, which I hadn't done in some time. And so, um, and I'm renewing, renewing my spiritual search and my spiritual practices and um, meditating daily and I have joined um, I have joined a church and am participating in in choir and in classes and um, other other things that relate to this particular faith which I won't share in a meeting because um, it's an outside interest but it's it's um, part of my my spiritual practice to join, with um, other practice traditions and institutions because I cannot do it by myself. When I was in my 20s, I had was an atheist or continued, considered myself to be an atheist. And I remember saying to a girlfriend one time that um, I wish there was a religion that honored the spiritual nature of human beings without requiring you to believe a particular thing. And I said, if that doesn't exist, I'll have to invent it. And she said, well, in making, creating your own religion is the path to insanity. But I found I didn't have to do that, you know, because I found, I found the 12 steps 
of Overeaters Anonymous, which guided me to two other traditions that support me. So I don't have to do it alone. I don't have to do anything alone. I don't have to get abstinent alone. I don't have to, I don't have to do a spiritual search alone. There are people and traditions and institutions and connections um, that support me in all of these things and for which I'm very grateful. Thank you.